The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This is Greg Olson, and I'm thrilled to introduce my new podcast, TE1. TE1 will chronicle a 60-year evolution of the tight end position, from its origins as an obscure, overlooked blocking role to the versatile superstar position that it is today. I'll explore the evolution of the position through conversations with some of the all-time game-changing tight ends. And just like the incredible tight ends we sit down with on my new show, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. This truck is all about grit, strength, and dependability. The same attributes it takes to be a tight end. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world, George's Box. Welcome back to George's Box. I'm JJ. I'm Nick. And oh, what a beautiful morning to be a Yankee fan. What a beautiful 1.30 in the morning at four hours and 50 minutes. That is the longest nine-inning game in postseason history. I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment, but that's got to be the craziest nine-inning baseball game that I've ever watched. It started, it feels like it started two weeks ago. I, especially because we like gear up for seven o'clock. Yes. So it was like, you know, like my whole schedule, I had to pick up like baby shit from Target. You know, like everything is around. All right. But at seven o'clock, everyone's leaving dad alone. Exactly. You're, you're exactly right. It was weird because you know, I got home around 6.15 and I was like, okay, 45 minutes. And they're like, all right, 7.50. So that whole 50 minutes was just me pacing in my living room, getting nothing done. Then they play for, I don't know what it was, 15, 20 minutes. Then they pause it again. And I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? And I talked about having the scaries when we recorded last night. Weird things just happened at this ballpark. You had the wind warning, the hurricane, and it just felt like we were getting screwed early. I was I convinced myself that for some reason the rain was then going the moisture in the later innings were going to bring midges. I convinced myself that all in my stupid head. No, that's fair, man. You're paranoid. I get it. I'm paranoid too. <laughs> I was just like, this is not going to be good. It was crazy. I mean, they should have never started the game when they started the game. Awful. Um, just terrible decision making. Just from the fact that. 
you delayed the game for no rain and then started it as it started to rain. That's what makes it look foolish. If they had started on time, got through three innings, then had to pause it, it's like, that sucks, but we get it. You're trying to get the games in. Yeah, it feels like with these rain delays in the MLB, it seems like they always get it wrong. You know, whether they're looking at the radar, obviously they're looking at stuff that we're not able to see. I would think they have. I mean, when they get any weather. decision, any decision put in front of them, they get it's it wrong. wrong. Yeah, and imagine if Tanaka couldn't have went back out there. We were so lucky to get four innings from him because when it started raining, I was like, he's done. We just got one out from him, and we have to get twenty six outs. It was going to feel like the twenty seventeen wild card game. And I was shocked that he was able to come in and, and give us four innings. Yeah, I thought, oh, shit, it's game two. And us being thin on pitching is already an issue. Right. right you know, right, like exactly. Cole just went out and shoved. We have like everyone in the bullpen. Everything's lined up for just a mediocre start gets us a win, which is what happened. But. I was like, oh, shit, we are in trouble. Like, who do we bring in right now? Is it, can, you get, can Montgomery get ready? Yeah, I was going through all the scenarios, and I was like, what if we just save Tanaka and start him for a potential game three tomorrow and maybe throw in Davey for the rest of this game or, or Montgomery or something like that? I was going through all the different possibilities in my head, and we were so lucky that he was able to come back out. Obviously, it wasn't a great start, and we joke about him battling, but he battled through a hurricane and, and a lot of fucked up shit tonight, so he did really battle. Yeah, I mean, that first inning, you know, there's a lot of moisture on the ball. Like, it's, it's an uncomfortable thing. I feel like in that situation, the advantage is always to the hitter. And so, you know, you give up those four. If you take out that weird first inning that went on for like an hour because of a rain delay, and you take out those four runs, it's like, all right, well, you ended up giving us you know, you gave up two runs, you're close to a quality start. Or if they just started the game later, like we would have had not necessarily a playoff Tanaka, but some, you know, he battled. This was a he battled game. I said that's like that would be fine if he just battled. He, he gave them literally just enough. I mean, it really wasn't enough in the grand scheme of things. They needed 10 runs to win. But with all this fucked up shit going on and, and the rain delay and nobody knows what's going on. There's our Zen master, Aaron Boone, keeping the boys calm. He kept them in it, and they come out after the delay. And, and I thought, there's so many big hits that we're going to talk about in so many big moments. But the Stanton solo homer, the first run that they scored, to not let the Indians get a shutdown inning after scoring four runs, I just thought mentally that was big. Yeah, that was like the Rocky Five. I didn't hear no bell. Yes. You know, just like, hey, we're still here. We're not going to go down. You know, it, it's similar to... What we did in the third inning yesterday where I kept saying that was like our plant and go, that was us planting our foot in the ground and being like, we're not going to be pushed back any further. Yeah, and if they didn't, if they wouldn't have scored there, you could have easily seen them kind of rolling over, and it seemed like they were whooping it up after the stand homer. You could, I mean, you can hear the dugout with the empty stadium. Yeah, and I think you know they have to get themselves fired up. You know, it, it's another element to this season is like where can you draw that like that fire from, and. We talked about, you know, what kind of group of guys this is. And even when COVID first started, they were like, no, no, we're staying here in Tampa. Like, you know, we're competing for a World Series. It's only two weeks or whatever they thought it would be. Um, so, like, they get fired up for each other, which is nice. Yeah, they were, they were super fired up. There were so many there were so many moments in this game. I mean, I mean, that we could talk about it was a seven hour game and we could spend the next 10 hours breaking it down. But 
I forget who the Indian center fielder's name is at this point. It's 130. Delano DeShields Jr. Okay, and I'm kind of strung out, but when he misplayed that Hicks ball into a triple, I mean, none of the Geo Grand Slam doesn't happen without that. Like, that was such a key, and that was a, that was a very catchable ball that he just overran it. That was like a little league play. I think A-Rod said it best, even though he's never been in that position. Um, it's just, it's the loneliest, like, moment in your life. When you take that first step in, I call it the oh shit drill, because... No one ever does that, takes that first step in, the ball's over their head, and doesn't go, ah, shit. Yes. <laughs> no, I played I played outfield, too. And look, you see it in high school or Little League. You never see a major league center fielder do that. Like, I was stunned. And then Hicks gets to third, and it's like, oh, shit, maybe we really can get back in this. And I don't know if it – I mean, that was clearly – it was bad judgment, and his, like, footing went uh, a little bit because he also, on the DJ single in the ninth – it let everyone advance that he slipped out there and bobbled yes. the ball. So, you know, he was having a bad day. Not quite as bad as like Derek Fisher had a couple weeks ago against us where he was just dropping oh balls in there. But like it, you know, the ball the ball was finding him tonight. And yeah, that just that inning and Hicks starting it off with that, especially when you could see that even though that was, you know, off the bat, that's a catchable fly ball. You know that if you're a major leaguer, you know yes. when you hit a catchable fly ball. But he wasn't like when that ball got dropped, he wasn't standing halfway to first base. And I think, you know, that we talk about sometimes it seems like they're not hustling, they're not trying. Feels like maybe for the playoffs it is that switch. Yeah, they definitely flipped the switch. If that's a regular season game, he's standing on first and walking back to the dugout or whatever. There's no way he's churning, but they knew that every run mattered. And the Geo Grand Slam, which is one of the biggest hits I've seen in a while, none of that happens without that misplay. And, and I'll be honest, when they had bases loaded, no outs, I was like, just get one in. I just don't want to come up empty here. And then Geo hits a ball 430 feet. I mean, I'm a genius. <laughs> yes. Uh, I am a genius. As soon as I, the bases were loaded... I was like, holy shit, I called this last night. I'm going to tweet, I'm here for the Geo Revenge game. And fuck, yeah, I was. Because he also made a huge diving play for a double play. Like, his glove a couple of times tonight. But that was, you know, that ball gets by a lot of people. Or they spike that throw to second. Uh, you know, it, or they just don't make it, you know, in time to be a double play and end the inning. Yeah, I was shocked, and that saved Chappie because then Chappie only had six pitches, and he was able to go out and pitch a full ninth. If Chapman has to throw, I don't know, 17 pitches in the eighth, he's probably not finishing the game. So, so much hinged on that. He's great defensively. He's a great hitter. He's really been the X factor for us, and he is a guy that doesn't show a ton of emotion. He flipped that bat hard and pointed at the dugout. You could tell he was on the same wavelength with you for some revenge. Well, he knows – like he – you know, they talked about it during the broadcast, too. Like, Lindor's his best friend. He knows a lot of these guys, like, played in the minors with them, knows them from around the organization. And, like, you know, it's a, it's a weirdo scenario without fans where I feel like these guys are more free to be themselves. We've seen maybe more bat flips this season and things like that. You know, um, it, it's almost like a, bo- you know, boys will be boys situation. Um, where they're not worried as much about these like bullshit unwritten rules, you know, since the Tatis thing. It's like the World Baseball Classic. These guys are just playing pickup. 
that did look like a WBC flip. I mean, yeah. he really flipped it. Um, and yeah, you never see that before, but the at-bats were really good all night. Uh, Ump was shaky as, as they usually are, but we had really good at-bats. They never gave up. I mean, they scored 12 runs game one and 10 runs tonight. I, I mean, great at-bats all series. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, when you look at like that, you know, Gardner had a nine-pitch walk tonight. You have guys really working counts, fouling a lot of pitches off. Gardner, uh, you know, cutting, you know, cutting down his swing and fouling off a lot of pitches is what he does, and it just looks sillier in that mock turtleneck. It's, yes. it's very old school. It's very not like because especially with two strikes, he gets down a little bit more. It's very knoblock esque. Um, and yeah, I mean, they're they're seeing the ball well. Um, you know, Judge, you know. S- Still found his way to get two walks tonight. You know, he's still he's struggling to really get going uh, all of his game, but to a certain extent, you know, the biggest issue has not been his performance. It's been his health. He looks healthy. Water finds its level. So maybe he has a huge next round. Yeah, I think it was 2017 in the DS against Cleveland. He only had one hit the entire series. He was awful. And then he had a monster ALCS against the Astros. You could totally see that see that happening. But yeah, across the board, it was awesome to watch. There were a lot of decisions that Boone made that I, that I thought we could question. But the bottom line for me in terms of why it was so hard is none of the relievers, if we're being honest, really did their job. Yeah. You know, they, we, we gave him shit. Well, I don't know that we did, but a lot of people gave him shit when we put Wade in. Cause it was like, you know, Hey, this game isn't out of reach. There are still at-bats that can come up, you know, maybe we don't make that move yet, because uh, then we see you've got to burn Frazier, later we're using Talkman, that ends up paying off. So there were some questionable movements around the diamond of guys, and then just deciding, you know, who's he going to go to in the bullpen, obviously, you know, Green came in and struggled right away, then he settled down. Start struggling a little bit. So I did like that he went to Britain early and just said, like, hey, this, you know, there's bleeding here. You got to stop it. Yes. And, you know, Loisica is Loisica. Like, that's – it is what it is. If Adovino, you know, was pitching better, this isn't an issue. If Canely isn't injured, this isn't an issue. If these guys just did their jobs, it's not an issue. You're exactly right, and he can't go out there and pitch for him. Britain gets the first two outs of the seventh, and you're like, we're good. You, you can start to see the light. And then those two walks were just inexcusable. Like, that's not on Boone. You cannot walk two guys in a row with, with two outs in the seventh inning. And then everybody was kind of split on, did they want Britain or did they want Loisaga, you know, to come in? But Britain did not find the zone. Like, I was kind of fine putting Loisaga in there because Britain was missing by two feet. Yeah, it was – he wasn't close. Yeah, it, it was a point where I was ready for Britain to come out. It's just like you wish you had anyone else that you felt comfortable going to there. Um, and especially because you're taking Britain out because they're pinch hitting for their hottest player, which is yeah, so a questionable weird. move, but it paid off for them. Yeah, and that's Sandy Alomar, right, that that was the interim manager. Yeah, great move by him, and we were all laughing at him when that happened. First of all, that guy, what's his name, the guy that's killing us? Naylor. Naylor. He looks like the devil, man. He is creepy looking. (laughs) 
<laughs> he's got um he looks like there's an actor he looks like someone tweeted it at me earlier he's like he's like a scary looking dude and they kept showing him i'm like get this guy off my tv yeah i forget who it is that he looks like someone tweeted a picture of it at me he looks like an actor from like the 80s or 90s um but yeah i mean there was a lot of second guessing going on on the other side i'm sure of like what the hell are we doing i mean they were vaskurgeon was um questioning it like in game yes it's wild what those guys day has been because they had their day started with the braves game at noon yeah at noon that went five hours and then this goes almost five hours since first pitch but six hours with a delay and they're just like now now they're going home and there's still more baseball tomorrow yeah, another day tomorrow. You could tell they were strung out too. They were joking about going to a casino and drinking and, and talking about how they were losing track of time. It was a very relatable broadcast for me. I really enjoyed Matty V and A Rod after having fucking Smoltz all these years. A Rod is goofy and he, he says a lot of dumb shit, but I'm able to laugh at it. And it's like comic relief when I'm stressed out, I think. I think A Rod was an asshole for so much of his career because like he was so successful so young i think it's just impossible to be normal like people like lebron james is weird it's impossible to be normal if you're like that guy um and then he like pieced it together for the last couple of years of his career to be relatable and then he carried that relatable into the studio analysis and people really liked it and now in the booth because that's where really the only place we see him aside from his vlogs or his podcast he's doing all these other things where he's being successful and i feel like he's getting back to that same level of success that he had baseball wise in the outside world and he's getting fucking weird again he's just trying trying too hard now a rod is back and the wait is finally over football is also back you might not be at a game this year but you can still be in on the action at bet online bet online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props Bet online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. You've counted on restaurants, now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with a new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your local favorite restaurants are still open for delivery too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on its way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter promo code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. You know who deserves a meal, a DoorDash meal tonight, is Gary Sanchez. This guy has been maligned all year. He had a monster, not far, but monster in terms of significance, two-run homer to give them an 8-6 lead. And that sack fly 
to tie the game was huge after the Gardner strikeout. That sack fly was so out of character. Yes, yes. Compared to last year's Gary Sanchez. Last year's Gary Sanchez takes three huge swings. Actually, no, he takes one right down the dick, which he did in that at bat. He took a slider right down the middle where I was like, you could just choke up and fucking smack that the other way. Like that, you know, like the, there was a time when Miguel Cabrera was getting intentionally walked, but they didn't throw it far enough. So he just like stuck his bat out there and was like, I'm still a major league baseball player. Like you throw a baseball, I can, I can put it anywhere. Um, but yeah, I was just like, don't, you know, last year he's swinging at something in the dirt for strike three. Yes. And it's over. And I thought he was going to rocket a ball right at the third baseman of the shortstop and, and get a double play. When Gardner, I'll be honest, when Gardner struck out, I, I thought the game was over. I thought Gary was going to hit and do a double play or, or strike out. And Gardy, I think he was 2-1 or 3-1 at a point. I was like, just walk in the tying run. Just tie it, and we'll figure it out from there. Yeah, he yeah was, Gary, it was 3-1, yep. and he took, you know, and, and he swung at balls in the zone. Yeah. That la- the last pitch they struck out on, he just looked. Like, he was looking inner half with the way that, that swing was. Like, he had nothing for that outside corner. Um, but it's one of the good things about the Yankees. Like, even when we had the substitutions that, you know, some people would say were questionable, it's like, well, we still have a, we have a lot of lineup still. You know, obviously, Voight's the home run leader. But when you are, you know, for defense and you took some shots and you did some strategy, you end up with Ford in that spot. You know, he doesn't get in that bat, but it's not terrible. So after Gardner strikes out, it's like, well, we still have Gary Sanchez. And if he doesn't hit into a double play, we still have DJ LeMahieu. Yes. Yeah, so it was like, was so we have like the chances there. It, it, you know, there's not too many combinations that you would put up there higher than DJ LeMahieu and Gary Sanchez having opportunities. Yeah, that's who you want. And Gio was 0-2 in that ninth inning and he gets that that single up the middle that was huge and then glaber hits a easy double play ball right back to brad hand and it just somehow falls out of his glove it's like maybe we got something going here yeah i mean it was one of those like i don't know things are going our way you don't question it when things are going your way and it's good because things are going our way not because like umpires are making bad calls like when those things happen when you get the jeffrey mares and things like that like hey you'll take it but when it's just like, hey, listen, these guys have the dropsies, you know, because Glaber has had like, he's, what's he got, like four infield singles? Yeah, yeah, in the two games, I think he had four infield yeah. hits. And it's, you know, we're all playing on the same wet surface. So if you're slipping and we're not, like, tough breaks. Good luck next year. No, definitely. And if Gary would have, if they would have lost, you know, after Gary dropped that third strike, can you imagine the pitchforks and the. I mean, he would have been. <laughs> oh, people were, like, running him out of town. Yeah. We were going to just release him before the game ended, according to some people. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, you know, you watch the replay, and Chapman throws that 3-2 splitter, which, you know, cool, he throws a splitter now. That, that That's cool, I guess. And, and gets by Gary, and you're like, oh, now here we go again. I was just visualizing this as a nightmare, but it ended well, man. I'll be honest, I'm shocked that they won this game for 80% of this game. I didn't think we were going to come out on top. What were, how was your like mental back and forth throughout the six hours or whatever? So with the four runs in the first inning, when we hit that, like the first rain delay, when we hit the rain delay, I was just like, this sucks. We might end up 
coughing this one up, but it's still so early. And if we're playing in shitty conditions, they're going to play in shitty conditions. And kind of like I said, when Stan hit that home run, it was like, all right, well, we're not just disappearing. Um, and then with the Geo Grand Slam, I was like, we, you know, we have a really good shot at this. This game is far from over, but if we can add to it and put it out of reach, let's do that. We score that next run, and I'm just like, all right, now it's a two-run lead, but then we give it right back, and then we take it right back, and then we give it right back, <laughs> and then we're down, but I just, I don't know. I, I wasn't giving up on, on these guys tonight because they want the day off. You know, they want to advance and, and go on the San Diego. What's the point of getting this fucking far if you're going to cough it up in the eighth inning? You know, so. And then I just I looked at what we had coming up and was just like, you know, if you're you're down one run and you've got Giancarlo Stanton leading off the game and he's, you know, playing a little hot right now in terms of just like getting on base, hitting for power. Like, you know, we're in play. We've got a shot here. So I, I really never gave him up, gave up. And then once he got on, when Urshela gets down, you know, 0-2, I'm like, come on, revenge game, revenge game. I want him to hit a double because I said I want him to hit a home, like a home run and a double. And I was like, damn, he can hit the double with Talkman on and then, like, you know, score the tying run. I would have to go out and buy a Powerball ticket. Um, But then, yeah, I mean, the rest of the game, like, played out. Like, I wasn't ever too stressed about it after the first inning. The first inning, I was like, this fucking sucks because it's delayed, and they fucked this up with the rain, and so now I'm going to have to watch us lose, like, 6-2, to and it's going to be one thirty in the morning when it's done. Yeah, it would have been heartbreaking, and think about, like, what would we have done Tomorrow, you would have had Hap, you would have had a gassed Britain, a gassed Chad Green. I think they each threw around 30 pitches. You would have Chapman going on back to back days, which he's not very good at. Like, they did not have a lot of arms available for tomorrow. You see how quickly the arms run out. It would have been you've got Hap, Garcia, Montgomery just <laughs> ready, you know, give me three innings each, guys. Yeah, and they're going to need every single arm. I mean, clearly, you saw with their bullpen, they're going to need every single arm to contribute if they're playing five games in a row against the Rays. And we're going to talk about the Rays this weekend, but got, bullpen guys are going to need to step up because the bullpen was not good tonight. The offense was great, and the offense bailed them out. They had fantastic at-bats, but still a little concerned about the bullpen moving forward for sure. Yeah, I mean, they just need to go. I assume they're not flying tonight, so go back to the hotel, get some sleep. Fucking hang out, you know, hang out as a team, have some beers, whatever it is. Yeah, they're not going to sleep. I was, yeah. You, you know, get some sleep, sleep in tomorrow, fly out to California. It's on fire, so you can't, you know, you can't do anything or leave the bubble anyway. And just like get acclimated, get, you know, calm down, short memory, and just be ready to go because. You know, we've got the race coming up, and what we're going to do is we just wanted to hop on and put something out to react to this game in this series. So that's why it's, you know, not that long, about half a show. But on Sunday, we're going to get to we're going to get together and uh, Monday morning, you'll have a preview of the series episode and kind of what we're looking at, what we're thinking. 
Um, and I think we're, we're just going to do a lot of shorter episodes uh, now. Yeah, players have to adapt. We have to adapt to this new podcasting schedule so it won't be the hour and 20 minutes every Tuesday night. It's just going to be based on when they're playing, and we'll have to keep rolling, man. Yeah, we're just going to end up – basically, we're going to end up doing a podcast after every game the rest of the uh, playoffs till we win the championship. And, um, yeah, so I don't know. That's all I got. I'm pretty tired. Nah, I'm B too, man. I feel like we just I feel like we just got back from a war. Like that was just an emotional. This battle. is what it feels like. I feel like I just got home from a playoff game in New York <laughs> and I only had like two beers throughout the whole pregame and game because I have to drive and my joints hurt from standing so much and then sitting in a car for multiple hours. And I feel all of that right now. No, oh, yeah, I do too, man. I I'm do too. Just so old. <laughs> um, wild night man. wild night no matter how old you are so follow nick on twitter at n kirby nyy follow me at jj from the bronx uh follow the show at george's box pod uh i don't know maybe game one i'll tweet from there and then uh hey rate the show give it five stars we're having some fun for the playoffs tell your friends i heard there was some talk about us going on in the twitter offices so shout out to that guy who was talking uh-huh. about us um Get me a blue check mark. Hey, listen, uh, we don't know what the hell is going on. We'll talk about on our next show tickets to the World Series and things like that because uh, that's what they're calling it. I still think it's a championship until we win it and I decide to change my mind. But we'll see you at the parade. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.